Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Everybody, good evening, and welcome to Doctor Homebrew. We have an exciting show for you today. We have a dark mild, so this might be my favorite show that I've ever done, uh, unless uh, you know, since the last time we had a dark mild on. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We like variety. That's true. And then we're going to do a commercial calibration of the pinnacle, the apex. Uh, predator of Saison's, the Saison Dupont. What? What? Yeah. yeah um, it's commercial calibrations time. Here we go. That's right, baby. We got a bottle. Celebrating ourselves to the world of Saison. So everyone, right. stop your pod right now. Go out to the store, get yourself a Saison Dupont. Pour yourself a glass of that and restart your pod in time for the Saison Dupont tasting with us, Brian That's and right. Brian. Do restart that. your pod. Mm. As if anybody has iPods anymore. I, I do. It's plugged into my car this very second. Really? Oh. Yeah. Jeez. You don't just stream your music? Wow. <laughs> like running into a kind of, some kind of future barbarian? Wow. No, I put it on a hard disk on a little thing with a disk that I spin and listen to, click on stuff. You don't to, plug in the cassette thing that goes into your cassette deck and plays it that way? Listen Only to on Grandpa Sundays. over here, dude. Only on Sunday. Back in my day. Well, actually, I should use an 8-track to uh, uh, play the pod somehow. Don't ask me how I do that. I'm not entirely sure how that works. Well, hey, man. Some, someday you'll figure it out, man, and then uh, you won't have to listen to your A-track. What do you think of that? No, I'm never getting rid of that A-track, mm. dude. <laughs> uh, I got my BG's uh, Greatest Hits double-length A-track that's white and not the traditional black plastic. Oh. Uh, that's, that's good shit right there. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, before we get to uh, Mike, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Of course, you go to fivestarchemicals.com, learn how to make the best beer you possibly can by learning how to clean and sanitize your equipment properly. A lot of people will tell you that you don't need Five Star, you don't need multiple cleaning and sanitizing stuff, you don't need you don't all, need you can pants. just do it all at oh, once, wait. you can do it all with one thing. Uh, well, you don't need pants. You never but, need um, pants, Jeez. But you can't, uh, you can't do that properly, that is not how people make good beer. As homebrewers, we're so obsessed about what pro- uh, the professionals do, no professional does everything in one step, they just don't do it. Even though they have better chemicals because they have licenses and stuff for it. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't do it. So take it from us. Take it from Five Star. Pick up some Five Star chemicals and check it out. Those professionals also have like professional uh, PPE so they keep from splashing that shit all over their faces and making themselves like the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I got the caustic. Give me Skype names. I caustic, don't know how yeah. To do Anybody this. that wants to use caustic needs to have their head examined. I don't want to ever get anywhere near that stuff. No thanks. Yeah. I want to be able to have my vision and uh, my, my boyish good looks. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that, dude. That's not uh that's not okay with me. No. Yeah. That's not okay with me. Trying to find... I don't understand why people... There we go. Oh, yeah, While you're doing that, Brian much. and I will engage in playful banter in a radio style. There we go. How are you, Brian? Well, if I had uh, caustic in my brewery, I'd probably just keep it in an isolated area where no one ever goes in and just you, like slide things in there and then the caustic mm-hmm. attacks it. Well, you're, you're self-included. Like You would never go in where the caustic is? No. That's only good sense. 
That's I wouldn't go in there. Who yeah. wants to get next to Caustic? That's fucked well, up. Well, I think we, who wants to get next to Caustic is Mike. Mike, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot. How are you guys doing? Hey, Mike. Doing not great. too bad. Not too bad. We're about to drink your Dark Mild, which I appreciate mm-hmm. that you are making this style. Um, nobody else really seems to care about it. And we appreciate you hand-delivering it here to the Hop Grenade in Concord. That's also correct. Uh, yeah, no worries. Local boy. But you're, you're traveling now? You're running around somewhere? I am. I'm down in Long Beach for some training. I wish I could be there with you guys. Oh man! Next nice. time, next time. It's a great city. Yeah, that'll be cool, man. Is uh, this a style you're familiar with? Have you done one before? You know what? It's not. It's uh, it's the second time I've brewed it, but um, it is not a style that I'm familiar with. I've never had a you know a true British example of it either. No. Um, so I just wanted to brew something that uh, you can't really find here. You know, it's kind of intriguing. Yeah, so, those are some of the fun beers. Well, I appreciate it. Um, Brian Cooper, you want to start first, or do you want to have Brian yeah. Shard do it? We're going to crack a fresh sample list, and we're going to we're going to pour it for you, so you can taste it along with us here, JP. Love it. So while, while Brian's doing that, I actually have a question. This. I understand that you are a local homebrew club member. I am. I'm a member of Club Doe's. Nice. Good shout Doe's out. Doe's represent. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this dark mild. I'm um, getting into the aroma. Uh, first, the bottle had a nice hiss when it opened. Uh, it's generally a low carbonated beer, but. Uh, you know, doesn't hurt to have a little. Uh, you know, it can't be flat either. So, uh, aroma wise, it's got a pleasant low malt aroma that comes across with kind of a, a light toffee like uh, character and uh, lightly caramelly aroma in there as well. Uh, very clean ale ferment here. It's it, there's just no no defects, no diacetyl, no DMS, acetaldehyde, anything. It's just clean and smooth uh, smelling. Um, there's a light spicy floral hop in there, nothing t- poking out too hard, but uh, you know, just a little balance, a little counterpoint there, but uh, not not heavy at all. It's a very malt focused beer as it should be. Appearance wise, just a beautiful beer, really. Uh, it's a kind of pretty deep copper color uh, with a fairly persistent low whitish head of fine bubbles. Uh, beautifully clear with orangey highlights glowing through and. Um, three points you know full points for appearance it's a beautiful beer um flavor wise i'm getting you know malts uh right up front and these things should come across as malty even though they're they're light beers you know starting in the 1030s range usually um if it doesn't have that malt there it's not gonna not gonna score well so it's leaning towards again the toffee and even a little biscuit like kind of notes in there um, some low caramel and, and, and some light fruitiness in there as well, but it's not a fruit bomb at all. There's not a whole lot of esters going on. Um, t- to me, it finishes semi-sweet. Faint uh, floral hop is out of the way. Uh, again, balance of the malt. Low bitterness, that's out of the way. No diacetyl, no DMS. It's just a nice, clean, you know, there's the malt. Comes off the tongue, stays with a little sweetness, lingers nicely, and and yeah, that's a pleasant, uh, some pleasant flavors going on. Um, not as complex as some dark milds, possibly, but um, you know, some of them can lean towards the chocolatey, nutty, even a little roast, or, you know, uh, some grainy. There's, there's a little graininess, a little toasted malt in here too, so it's not just boring at all it's 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 complex enough that i really like the way it, it's balancing itself so um mouthful wise pretty much just right medium medium light body uh, despite the light gravity starting uh, it feels kind of medium it's like hey this is a 
full enough beer. It's it's good. Low carbonation, medium low carbonation, I guess you could say. Um, it's it's got it's rising up a little bit. You can raise the head up as you swirl it a little bit. So there's enough carbonation in there. Um, some of the traditional versions might have a little less, but I don't mind it here. It's really not getting prickly at all. It's not pushing too 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 harsh of uh, flavors or anything at all at all there. So um, no warmth going on as you wouldn't expect any of that. Uh, it's just creamy and smooth, and I, I spelled smooth with four O's. Damn, boy. On my score sheet. Oh. That's fucking smooth. You must have meant that. Damn, that's smooth. <laughs> no astringency, just nice clean beer, stays on the tongue, lingers nicely, and um, just, yeah, almost velvety. It's really a nice mouthfeel. Uh, overall impression, it's a very clean and present, uh, pleasant drinking, dark mild. Uh, I would say it's not toward the lighter uh, and for the the range of style interpretations that can be allowed, uh, but it's it's full enough. You know, I was really impressed with the fullness of the the body, especially uh, you know not full body, but like just hitting that medium point without it feeling like watery at all. Uh, works nicely for such a light beer. Could benefit from maybe a touch more variety in the malt flavors if you want to go a bit darker you could put a little you know pale chocolatiness in there or something fun uh, a little nuttiness um, you can play around with it but from where you're sitting right here it's a good vantage point and i like uh what i taste it is a 40 point beer in my points excellent excellent dark mild wow nice awesome look at that all right brian char it's right, your yeah. turn, buddy. Yeah, so Mike, thanks for sending us the, this beer or bringing this beer over. This is was really amazing. And it's, what's interesting is you talk about how it's hard to find in the U.S. I went to London a couple years ago on vacation and uh, before the start of the haze craze in the U.S., and all the craft brewers in London wanted to make IP, West Coast IPA and West Coast Double IPA. And they were making great examples of that. They were using the same hops that we would use, importing American hops, whatever, but... God, from a standpoint of going to do some some touristing and trying to do a little beer touristing in the UK, it was hard to find some of these traditional English styles. Right, not impossible, yeah. but I probably had like one dark mild the whole three weeks I was there. Um, that sucks. That would piss me off. Yeah. You want to hit the deep corners of those pubs? That yeah, they have to pass by all the icy cold mm. Budweiser taps, right? I, I know. You, you can't American just you can't IPAs. go to like some place that's pop. You got to go to a place down the alley with you know the the, the three broomsticks Where's or some the locals shit back drink, there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and even then, it was hard to find uh, something like a dark mild. But th- this was really an amazing beer. Uh, aroma, uh, I, I don't really. Uh, I'll kind of hit the high points here. I don't really dispute anything that Brian had said. Uh, aroma is 10 out of 12, uh, you know, medium-low, dark malt, low caramel, uh, no hops, uh, low fruity esters from British yeast fermentation, no off aromas, really inviting aroma. Appearance, 3 out of 3, and nothing to add to what Brian already said. The flavor, uh, it's really an amazing flavor. Malt is low, uh, nutty, sweet, caramel, definitely some, some caramel there. Uh, get some woody hop flavor in a northern brewer slash classic. Oh yeah, British British hops tend to be either I don't know, in my earthy. experience earthy, uh, woody, or weirdly cheesy. Or, yeah, <laughs> and if if the, I don't tend to care for the weirdly cheesy you know, pilgrim types, but more of the classic. The classic English hops tend to be woody or, or earthy, and that goes so well with the nutty caramel uh, malt flavor here. Uh, low hop bitterness uh, in the mid palate to balance. It's really well attenuated. 
Uh, balances to malt, but there's definitely some hot bitterness there to, to, to balance some. Finish is medium in length and malt-focused. Gave this 16 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, uh, low body, low carbonation, no warming. Uh, it's still creamy with no astringency. 5 out of 5. Overall impression, 9 out of 10. Uh, really an excellent example out of style. Uh, the malt sweetness. There is malt sweetness there without being cloying or overbearing, and it really provides the illusion of a bigger beer than this is. Uh, and that's kind of the trick with Darth Mild, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you guys say, is this, there's, this is a, a low, low alcohol, you know, not much to it beer, but there's a lot of flavor that should go on in a Darth Mild. Oh, for sure. Uh, and part of it is just that skillful use of choosing your malts and choosing your hops and having the, that fermentation. And it has to be, you know, that also, the, the tough part is it has to be well attenuated while being uh, still flavorful and give you the illusion there's more there than actually is. And that's a really tough thing to pull off. And you did that really well. Um, if I, you know, I, Brian will tell you he was finishing up his score sheet and I was standing here in the studio, was pacing the <laughs> studio thinking uh, about this beer. Should I score this higher? What's, is there anything wrong? I should be, I should definitely. And I went back and changed my score several times because there's no reason for it to be what my original score <laughs> was. I wasn't really being fair to it. So overall, I'll give this a, a 43 out of 50. Wow. This is really a, a tremendous achievement. Uh, you know, I would you know, seriously. But you, why, why are you laughing at this? This is a really tremendous it's, achievement. It's I think a it's a funny way to phrase it. That's all. It's a tough line to t- like to to balance that. Yeah, uh, and, and, with such a light beer and make it feel so substantial and and full enough that it's not not yeah, watery. Yeah, for sure. And, and frankly, as I'm as I'm talking about this, I'm finding myself still wondering if this should be forty five, forty six. I mean, this is. This would be, I think, do really well in competition. Um, you know, there's people talk about big beer bias in competition, and that's definitely there. But at least in, and at least in the Bay Area, uh, I think when I judge competitions, people try really hard to avoid big beer bias. Mm-hmm. And something like this, that's a really flavorful, lower alcohol beer, I think would get a lot of attention from judges and have serious potential at at winning a, a best of show. Yeah, a good judge sure. is going to know yeah, how hard it is to, to build this and craft this. So, yeah, right. well done. Thank yeah, you. Definitely well done. Can we have your recipe and, and clone it in our garages? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I really appreciate the feedback. Unfortunately, this is one of those beers that got caught up in the FedEx fiasco for the finals. Oh, so, oh, um, no. oh no! Yeah, so I was Damn. in Hawaii and didn't get a chance to ship uh, spare bottles out, which I had ready uh, to go. So that's uh, oh. I'm super happy to hear the results, but uh, it'll definitely be getting tweaked and, and brewed again for next brewed year. Again. But yeah, uh, for sure. Oh yeah, holding up nicely too. Yeah, actually, I, you know, I was really concerned with that about the you know it, for such a. A small beer, you know, oxidation can can creep in fairly quickly, really especially good, with, yeah. you know, caramel malts and such. And so that beer is about eleven or twelve weeks old now. Um, well, you'll tell so us all about your packaging, I hope, because yeah. it was whatever you did was really good. No yeah, Blickman Beer Gun. Shout out to those guys. So, nice. Oxidation. Awesome. Uh, here. Yeah. So as far awesome. as the recipe is concerned, um, it, it's basically. Uh, Jamil's recipe from um, Brewing Classic Styles. Um, I did make a couple of changes. So base malt is uh, three pounds eight ounces Maris Otter, mm-hmm. uh, three Wait. pounds eight ounces Golden Promise, eight mm-hmm. ounces uh, British Crystal Fifty Sixty, 
six ounces uh, British Crystal 120, four ounces pale chocolate, uh, British pale chocolate, two mm-hmm. ounces of uh, British black malt. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Yeast was uh, WP005, which is the uh, British ale. And then uh, hop charge was a single edition at 60 minutes of uh, East Kent Goldings mm-hmm. of, uh, let's see here, 0.85 ounces. Is that pellets or whole hop? Pellets. Yeah, and even as it's warming here, I'm drinking it fairly warm now. We were just kind of pouring out the last of these bottles because it's so fun to drink. It's it's not getting that weird, you know, stale malty flavor as that's something's been sitting around in the bottle for a while and just war- warming up too much. Yeah, I, th- I think it really needs to be. I mean, it, you don't want to drink it, it served a little cold. warmer. Yeah, but when we first got, I got these fri- uh, these bottles out of the the cold box in the in the you know at the bar here, and. Immediately when I tried it, I was like, this tastes like maple syrup. Mm. And I wasn't a fan. But as mm. it warms up, all of those other notes that you guys have been talking about are coming through. And it's a lot better than than before. So it's kind of like a testament, especially with yeah. a beer this complex of uh, those darker flavors. It, it has to be a little bit warmer than uh, than ice cold yeah. walk-in storage at 32 degrees or 40 degrees or whatever it is. And now I'm getting some of that, the chocolate, the, yeah. the pale chocolate. Yeah, and I got none bit. of that it when I first... Yeah, 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 yeah. And what's interesting, you, you mentioned that, Jason, is as you were talking about that, I just poured myself the last little bit of this bottle sitting over here on the table, which was about 15 degrees colder than what was in my glass before. Yeah. And it wasn't nearly as good. Mm-hmm. It was It was good, but it was not... As as great as what had been sitting in my glass, warmed up to about fifteen degrees warmer. Yeah, serving temp means a lot. Oh yeah, and I oh, think yeah. it's it's very style dependent. Yeah. It can yeah. be, anyway, especially well, with something like this. A well run competition too. They're, they're careful about that, and they'll warm bottles up for their judges as needed, or or cool them down as it may may need to be done too. But yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I strongly and that's a good point. And I, I encourage listeners who are who are BJCP judges who are judging competition, especially in a style like this. If you're doing Scottish, Irish, UK, mm-hmm. some of those, I if no one stewarding or no one on your table is saying this, and you're getting ice cold beers out of the fridge uh, to judge, I would str- I would urge you to ask your steward. It's not a big deal. Ask your steward. Can you bring out the next two or three? Set them on the table. Let them warm up, or bring bring all the rest of them out and let them warm on the table. Uh, maybe five, ten, fifteen degrees before you judge them. Um, now, Brian, what do you think about that? Yeah. I've, I've done that in competition, and I've judged with people that have done that. Uh, yeah, how, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, no, and a good a good competition organizer will have ice baths on hand, and even warm baths in some cases. Uh, where, yeah, a common problem is for for beers to come out t- too cold. And frankly, when you judge them that way, if you you as the judge don't ask the steward or or, or the organizer or somebody if they can adjust. Uh, hmm. For a proper temperature, I mean lagers and stuff. Yeah, you can drink those colder and judge those colder, and, and you and, should, and you should. But uh, these kind of beers and barley wines and you know big stouts, you don't want to drink them ice cold. It's not going to work right. You're doing a disservice to the entrant. And I'll back up a little bit, and I, I was a little bit flippant about that. And you should drink lager. You know, people when you judge competitions, you're you're kind of. You're working with people who are at breweries or restaurants or something, and out of the, out of the kindness of their heart, they're volunteering to let you use their space, and that's really great. But sometimes the space they give you, and you kind of have to use what they give you, 
is a really cold fridge that is even too cold for logger judging. Right. right? So you just kind of have to, On this is partly why we you know, maybe talking a little bit too much about the mechanics of judging, where flight order is so important, sometimes that first beer kind of gets sacrificed in a way mm-hmm. for you to realize it's too cold. Mm-hmm. And a good judge will kind of maybe realize that and you know maybe X out or get a new score sheet and start from scratch when it warms up. But keep, keep the beer on the table and adjust yeah. as needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's but, g- but sometimes that just is that's that's different. Anyway, yeah, for sure. Let's get back to Mike here though for a second. As much as I, I and I had to stop myself from asking you guys questions. So um, you know it is it is stuff <laughs> Sorry, we Mike. can talk about. Uh, Mike, what's your recipe, dude? Or did you do you want to do that? Yeah. So yeah, but actually that. coming back ah, okay. to that. So but what about the uh, water? What did you do? To there your- we go. Yeah, so coming back to that, so water, I, I use brune water. That's uh, the okay. brown balanced profile. Um, I have really uh, ha- really hard water and very high uh, sodium water where I'm at, so I've got to split it 50-50 RO. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, just not, you know. I just follow the Bruin Water program. It's served me well over the over the years and uh, been fairly consistent. But uh, okay. mash profile. So going back to the body, I mashed this pretty high. I was at one fifty four, one fifty five. Yeah. Um, to to try and keep that body without having it had uh, uh, any adjuncts or anything to it. Like uh, I've been reading, most newer British breweries do if they're going to brew that type of beer. They did mm-hmm. up until you know the eighties when it started fading out of. Um, um, popularity or whatever over there but uh but yeah i was fairly happy with the with the body i think that's the the big key to this beer to not make it watery is uh yeah making sure it's got a nice body to it so you can really get a nice small backbone your your water treatment it's just it's out of the way but it's that's what lends the smoothness i think too is like if you had a lot of minerals in here it would just start getting harsh biting qualities to it in the mouthfeel and just you know it wouldn't play nice with that, that yeah, hard water. I, I complain all the time about people adjusting their water or over-adjusting. This is a good water adjustment, and this is what water adjustment ought to be. It should be, like Brian said, out of the way and complimentary. Yeah. Excellent. So that's that's a good trick. Yeah, use a high mash temp to keep the body. Um, yeah. Are you? Uh, what's your sparge? Are you fly sparging? Or? Uh, no, I recirculate. Recirc, uh, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, that, that seems to work pretty well. Very good. Yeah, I mean, you're Boy, doing great. Yeah, do you have any, more of this. <laughs> do you have any questions for the guys, or you pretty much got everything you need? Yeah, so I'm, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of uh, improving the recipe, you know, malt complexity, it's funny you guys touched on that, because the first version that I brewed, I used American Crystal 120, which I thought had kind of a, a more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, candy-like caramel quality, which is pretty prevalent in the, in the U.S. versions of Crystal Malt. Um, which honestly wasn't bad, but I want some of the comments and I got back from the first round was, was that it was lacking malt complexity, which is why, <clears throat> excuse me, why I split the base malts and then went with, you know, hundred percent British malts throughout the grain bill. Yeah. Um, it was definitely on the low end of the style with regards to color and gravity. It was a 1031, uh, finished about 10, 10, 10, if I recall correctly. Wow. Um, so right at 3%. Um, cool. So would you recommend adding, you know, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, roast malt or maybe dark chocolate, you know, to give it a little bit more, um, I don't, you know, roastiness to it? Or? Yeah. 
Sometimes I don't know. I don't, it's a hard. It's I, don't, hard. I don't really want a, a roasty edge in this beer. I like it the way it is. But you could push up the pale chocolate just a little bit more. I would go subtle. I wouldn't go heavy and change it too much because it's playing nicely the way it is. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking, and I, I think that going the UK malts are the right way to go. And something as, as simple as, you said you had four ounces of pale chocolate, I, I recall. And there was some dark uh, caramel in there. Yeah, and I might, I might consider pumping up the, the pale chocolate maybe two ounces, which is still going to keep you in the, the original gravity. It's such a small amount. That's sure, yeah. going to give you 50% more chocolate. While still not giving you a lot more fermentables. I mean, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I pushed the chocolate a little bit, but yeah, the the crystal used was a fifty sixty or something in there. Yeah, so okay. it was a fifty sixty, and then and I want to say much. it was Baird's, yeah. and then uh, Crystal one twenty as well. And what was the the Maris Otter, the base malt that you used? Uh, it was three pounds eight ounces Maris Otter and three pounds eight Just ounces Golden Promise. Whatever the store mm-hmm. had, you, okay. you don't know the the maltster or. Uh yeah, the Merit. Uh, both of them, I believe, were Thomas Fawcett. Okay, yeah, he malted it on his own floor. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wish that way. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Fawcett. That's that's good stuff to work with. Sure. Very good recipe. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, good I mean, stuff, yeah. Mike. Hey, sometimes those Jamil recipes, like sometimes you get to competitions and everything tastes like a Jamil recipe. I think it was mm. more like that six years mm. ago or something when the, you know, or right after the book came out, whenever that was. But, um, you know, people people do different interpretations of them and play off of that. Yeah, once you fun. change it, it's it's your recipe now. Yeah. It's not Jamil's well, recipe. Well, once you brew it on your own system with your own water, I mean, it's your own, your yeah. own recipe. Right. All right, Mike, anything else or uh, we'll let you go? No, I appreciate it, guys. Look forward to uh, submitting some more beers here in the future. Appreciate yep. the feedback. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Have fun down there. All right, guys. Thanks, Mike. Take Bye. care. Cheers. Oh, cool. Yeah, good it's stuff. a bummer to see people miss out on on uh, final round with uh, FedEx. Because of shipping, dude. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Saison DuPont for our commercial calibration tasting. This is Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Examination. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. But the pop uh, big bottles here, big bottles only in the studio. Mm. I mean, it's a small bottle, but you know, it's a big. Uh, big it's a big. It's a big bottle. So, uh, commercial calibration, Saison Dupont. Yeah, we got a, it's a three seventy five milliliter here at there the Hop Grenade, but they. They have it on deck here for you to taste, and it's it's a beer that's fairly easy to find. It's fairly easy to find, places. yeah. And, uh, any decent liquor store is going to have it. I feel like th- this is one of those imports that you're pretty much always going to find. At, if if you have some craft beer, you're going to yeah. find Saison DuPont for sure. Yeah. It's a classic for sure. Yeah. It's good stuff, too. Got to have not had one in a while, either, honestly. <laughs> I like to use it in our, in our beer judging classes and things like that, and we're just like, hey taste this you know that's surprising how many people haven't had it and when you, you know when you sure. taste it for the first time it's, it can be a real eye-opening beer you know well and i feel like especially in the last five years where everything has been the new beer chase nobody's drinking the older 
classic styles yeah. anymore because they're oh well, I've seen that around but oh. it's not the fresh you know I want to taste what's new yeah dry mm-hmm. hop with smegma hops or something mm-hmm. like that like I don't know you know what I mean it's it's uh, you know f- here's a warm fermented lager I can't wait to drink it it's gonna mm-hmm. be so good let me stand in they're too busy standing in line the kids are busy standing in line they're not busy researching the old beers we- that made this country great and you were calling me a grandpa for talking about my pod that's right uh, New smegma hop? I have a new smegma hop, dude. Do you remember like 10 years back when Saison was hot and there were like a, like a year or two when they were like. Is that a fermentation joke? No, I mean, it, <laughs> it should have been. I should have said, yes, that was a fermentation joke. Okay. But now that was a hot style like 10 years back. Yeah. And a lot of brewers made them. And I, I miss those days because Saison is so versatile. You can make it make so many different variants of Saison, and it's so flavorful and such a great, great style. There's yeah, some, I do like it. Cool, I mean, people still twist it on it. There's some cool sour Saisons out there these yeah. days, and, you know, people mm. are still having fun with it. But it's not, yeah, again, it's something that could be overlooked, and, and you might miss out. Because here we go. Boom. Nicely there done. Are, dude. Oh, sorry about the eye there, JP. Yeah, it's all right. Mm. I got it. I got another one. <laughs> we should make a hazy Saison. Now, look at how fluffy no. that thing pours there. That's yeah, a big head, dude. Pour with vigor is uh, yeah. what Charlie Bamforth says, and you you did that in our four ounce taster glasses. Pour it straight uh, you know, down. We got three settle. ounces of foam. That's a heroic head. Settle out. Yeah, for sure. I like it when it peaks the glass, where like it comes mm-hmm. over the glass right. lip. It's just Rocky straight up. Head. Yeah, you have that moment of oh my god. Yeah, it smells great. All right, Brian. Well, since the other Brian's pouring, why don't you go ahead and just start us off with this okay. commercial calibration? Well, I can't get my mouth into it yet here, but <laughs> I'm taking in the nose here. So the keys to this style is, I mean, soft alcohol with high fruitiness and a nice light uh, pepperiness to it. Uh, that's what you're going to get in the nose mostly. Um there's complexities be you know below that that can that can come out the the fruitiness can can express as as a citrus fruit like oranges or lemons um it's it's not a super hoppy beer although the hops can come up to to moderate you can actually get a little spicy floral hop character alongside the the peppery um uh peppery notes from the yeast the the phenolics are, are can sometimes be pretty pronounced. On this, it's actually pretty smooth phenolic wise. It's not bitingly harsh. It's just a little little faint pepperiness and uh, big fruity orangey kind of notes there. So, um, I don't know. It smells it smells inviting to me. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, what's what's fascinating with a beer like this that has such a huge head is sometimes the aroma of the head is different than the aroma of the beer itself. And mm-hmm. I get like a really, uh, sometimes it amplifies the hops, frankly. Um, yeah. This is not a real hop-forward beer, and I don't totally agree with you. This is like a, a citrus, lemony, uh, lemon-lime, not really an orange citrus, but I definitely get that aroma from it. Uh, I poured mine to not have quite so much head. Uh, I also, what's funny is this is clearly bottle fermented because looking mm-hmm. at JP's, which is totally clear, I've got little floaties in mine because you're pouring it and setting it wow. down three times, I get floaties. Uh, but that's get a new just, bottle for yeah, you. No, <laughs> I, it gives a character. Garçon! Uh, we'd like one more bottle of the Cesson du Pont. 
But it's really, it's got a complex, really the complex, like you were saying, the the citrus and pepperiness. There's definitely some black pepper in this, really, like the hallmarks of this style. Yeah, and it it is true that the the hop compounds will go into the head more. So when you initially smell it, you might get a little more like a burst, like, wow, that's pretty hoppy smelling. And then it it settles down and the fruitiness emerges a little bit more and some of the other things underneath it, a little cakiness, kind of malty, bready, caramelly, you know, sometimes even biscuity or even a little chocolatey sometimes kind of depending you know you can have darker saisons and and lighter ones this one is it's very light so yeah it's not none of the none of the darker stuff it's not really caramelly at all um not super biscuity but um kind of cakey light um bready and uh you know you're getting some you know it's a, it's pretty much a yeast dominated beer. It's the the saison yep. yeast expressing all the, the fruitiness and the everything. pepperiness. Yeah, everything. The, yeah. the pepper phenol. Now, it's interesting. One reason I like the Dupont or the Dupont so much. Uh, I'm going to stop doing that because it's just probably really annoying to everyone, myself included. Uh, the Dupont has the pepper character without being overly phenolic and to me mm-hmm. you get to like the phantom oh yeah i don't like some people love it it's a personal preference i don't really care for the phantom yeah i don't like it because it tends to be way phenolic pepper mm-hmm. it goes beyond yeah. that and probably how much you like phantom depends on where your bell curve for uh phenolic is for your own personal taste buds and uh, and and smell receptors but yeah. if you're less sensitive to phenol probably love the phantom if you're more sensitive to phenol it's going to come across more plasticky this the dupont just is is a perfect balance to me of that that pepper's right where it needs to be to to taste and smell like pepper and not like plastic or band-aids or smoke sure yeah yeah Man, there's a lot of variety in the style and it's you know it's a farmhouse ale and from belgium those guys they're crazy they'll do anything to their beer almost you know it's uh They've taken off the the tidy whities of the German brewing Reinheitsgebot. <laughs> oh Jesus! And they're taking can, off their underwear. They're going to do anything to their whatever beer. Whatever you want, you going they run with this? free in the wilderness and <laughs> collect yeasts from wherever. And and I mean, you can even have a little sourness in these. Sometimes this is not expressing a big sour character at all. No, not at all. It's not a sour. Look how carbonated this is. I mean, maybe it's because I got a little a few floaties that have settled down, but there is just. I just the the bubbles coming off the bottom of this glass are just phenomenal. Yeah, the, and that's one thing about saisons is that here it comes excuse me is that they need it needs to be highly carbonated and, and yes. a lot of the homebrew styles that we get our, our homebrew uh, examples of the style aren't that it's hard to do no. at right. home it's hard to do this this level of carbonation well and have it translate into a bottle because most of us are using beer guns or just some hack method and this is you know bottle condition with a cork yeah. and cage and stuff like that so thick bottle you can really do you can really do damage if you don't do it you know properly and that yeah, that is right. definitely part of it like that huge rocky head is faded but that white lacy head is still on top it's you know what about a quarter of an inch thick still yeah, yeah. and, and at least up to like three and a half volumes of yeah. co2 it just yeah. push it up there but yeah and that drives a lot of those phenols that you guys are talking about a lot of those flavors is that carbonation and i think even as the higher carbonation is is carbonic acid a factor in this also like is it is there a co2 yeah. bite to it i think it accents the to, pepperiness to crisp up it, some of the stuff yeah although when you get into the flavor it, it smooths out a little bit it's yeah. you know um, yeah, but a first appearance, you know, there's there's paler versions and there's there's more amber colored versions and darker versions. 
uh, this is definitely a pale version. Um, it's kind of a, just a medium light gold colored beer. Um, a big fluffy frothy white head that just persists forever and um you know nice and clear on the first pour <laughs> hazy on the third pour <laughs> sorry yeah Brian. i got the it's middle one marginally uh, hazy still really good but and the, within, you know, within style guidelines yeah. when you read the style guidelines this can i joked about haze before this can be a hazy beer yeah, and sometimes I will like I'll pour a clear sample of a beer, and then as you keep pouring it, you can also just dump a little bit of the the yeast into the into the beer, and it, it changes the the full beer. So if you're if you're drinking a sample out there, um, you know, drink get through the full thing here, just tasting it with us, and then add a little bit of yeast and swirl it in there. Then it kind of rounds out and smooths out the body, and it may give you some other flavors poking out. Uh, you know, maybe a little more pepperiness and a little more yeastiness. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun beer. It's, it's, it's wide open to interpretation and the Saison yeast is notoriously hard to take care of. It wants to ferment and go warmer and warmer and, uh, it'll keep going at even in the eighties, you know, Fahrenheit, it, it'll keep going. And the one but, that I liked, I, I love brewing Saisons. I haven't for a while, unfortunately. Uh, and the one Y yeast, you talk about the high temperature, um, the rumor, I have no idea if it's true, is that Saison yeast is essentially a red wine yeast. Mm-hmm. Which I think I, I call bullshit on that because wine yeast ferments a different sugar than, than beer yeast does. I don't know, it doesn't sound right to me. But there's one Y yeast, I think it's 3738, their Saison, that you've got to drive up to like 85 or 90 to keep it going. And if you don't keep it at a high temperature, it's going to just crap out on you, and you're going to have not good attenuation. Right. If you keep it up, I mean, I've, I've, I've sat there in my fermentation fridge and cranked that thing up to, like, 90 and held it there for two, three days to be sure I've gotten full attenuation. Uh, and that is unusual among homebrew yeasts that it wants to be that hot to actually ferment out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, then, yeah, getting into the, the flavor of the beer... Um, well, first it's a, it's a pretty, uh, dry beer and you can use, um, sugars to dry out the body. Um, you know, but the, there is an impression of sweetness, even though it's, it's a very low gravity. It has from the, the fruitiness and the esters that are everything that's going on, all this oranginess, lemoniness comes through and, and kind of tricks your senses into thinking it's a little, sweeter than maybe it is and well you know well rounded um but it's it's pretty dry and uh very well attenuated so um that's kind of into the mouthfeel too but uh, you know again in the flavor just getting a lot of the same kind of flavor uh, flavors that you get in the aroma uh, high fruitiness and a nice pepperiness and you know the malt uh depending on if it's a lighter you know this one's a lighter saison so it's you know grainy bready biscuity kind of light fluffy uh malt flavors and um you know bitterness can actually be um fairly high in these i would say it's kind of medium here it's not poking out too too strongly bitterness wise um and again some of them can substitute sourness for bitterness so it'll um it'll have this the sourness is giving it the kind of bite uh this one is not in that realm so we won't talk about that too much but Sometimes you get one like, oh, that's a little twist. And it's like, okay, they're using sourness to to give that uh, little bite. But, 
I want to come back a little bit what we talked about carbonic bite before. Yeah. And there is a little carbonic bite in this yeah. that I get. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. But one of the great things about it is there's so much happening in this beer. It's not defined by the carbonic bite. And that's one part no. of the whole flavor palette, and it really adds something. And it's maybe like you know 10%, 20%. It's a little bit of the flavor. But it's part of what you're perceiving. And that you know, that carbonic bite kind of gives you that, I don't know, it kind of perks everything up. And I don't know, it kind of maybe amplifies some of the other flavors. Yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. maybe not saying that quite like I mean. But you know what I'm trying to say, Brian? Where it, it's, it's there. Maybe it kind of lifts it off your tongue. Yeah. Or, or puts it on your tongue more. I mean, you taste things, and then it keeps it from settling on your tongue. It's maybe also right, it's part of the fact moving kind of <laughs> it, exactly. And you look at the the style guidelines. I mean, the final gravity on this can be you know 0.02, mm-hmm. right? This is a, a, a re- this is a beer that should be really well attenuated. That maybe some beers are super dry, but the flavor kind of falls off your tongue. And perhaps it's that that carbonation and the carbonic bite that helps keep things on your tongue. So you don't just like have a sip and it goes away like it's never been there. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, despite all that, the carbonation and the bitingness of the the spicy flavors, the malt itself is really soft and and smooth, and that's part of what makes it makes it fun and easy to easy to drink. There's yeah. a fair amount of alcohol here. It's really spicy. Uh, that malt just smooths out on the bottom end, and it's just kind of grainy Belgian. Little, you know, Belgian pills malt kind of here, just mm-hmm. uh, in this one. But you can add other, you know, when you go dark saison, you can add some some other elements to make it, uh, um, you know, just come across a little more richly malty, but it's still going to be dry and have that spiciness. So, you know, I think. But to me, this is this, this is the classic. It's, um, you yeah, know, it's spicy. There's a good amount of alcohol here. Goes down smooth and dries out on the tongue, and then you want another sip. So. Uh, the, the bitterness is just high enough to balance everything else that's going on, the alcohol and the malt. Um, but, yeah, super dry finish. If it finishes sweet, they didn't do it right. <laughs> mm. True. Yeah, sweet um, finish Saison is going to score like a 23. Yeah. So hop flavors, you can get some earthy or spicy. I think I'm, there's a little spicy hop in this one. Earthy, woody. I get like uh, like yeah, earthy, woody. I'm, I was I was gonna say bark, but it's not bark. It's like maybe dried, like tree branch woody. It's not, you know what I mean? There is a a woodiness the with meat, that earthiness the meat too. Of yeah. The wood, yeah. yeah. When's the last time you uh, chewed on a tree branch? <laughs> well, you know, just saying. This morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you know cutting down on those cigars. You got to put something. That's true in your mouth, right? Tree branch. All right. Uh, so you, these beers can also be spiced. Uh, this one doesn't have any um, additional spice that I know of. It's it's no. It's all from the yeast character. But yeah. um, you know, you can actually accent your saison with a little spice as long as it's not sticking out too far where it's like oh there's you know crazy that's the coriander orange peel thing yeah. that normally because yeah. when i was coming up in homebrewing that was just that's what you put in your in your beer i like to coriander put some orange, orange zest beer. in my like uh, i just grab yeah. like some na- like a navel orange from yeah. the, the store and i'll zest that zest it and put that in i i like how that makes my saison but i would put too much in mm-hmm. too much for it to be a saison too little for it to be a fruit beer Okay. So it never never did well in competition, but I liked how it tasted. 
So yeah, and the finish, it just comes out bitter and spicy. Uh, the alcohol lingers a little bit, floats away, but um, yeah. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, feel, it feels light-ish. Yep. It's kind of medium light. Um, this one uh, has a little bit of warming to it. It's, you know, but it's not hot at all. It's just really no, smooth warmth in the back ear mouth and the back of your throat a little bit and and uh, as it warms up you you get more of the spices it does you it yeah. does taste like there's a little coriander maybe a little lavender note mm-hmm. kind of going on too it's yeah. very um very complex for such a basic beer lavender is a good one yeah it's and it's you know right it wasn't bad <laughs> prickly and uh the carbonation just sticks around forever if they added um, the spices it's right at that level of did they or didn't they. Right. And if you add some as a home brewer and you want to enter it as a saison, it should be at that level of is there something added in there? Yeah. If, it, if, you, if the question is yes, you're entering it in the wrong category. If you're having no wonder, you're probably in the right category. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Assuming that yeast can throw those, <laughs> those spice uh, Exactly. Right. Like a cream ale. It's a little lavender uh, and coriander. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't know. All right, what else, Brian? I mean, it's all, it's all about the attenuation, the spritz, and uh, you know, yeah. the, the fruitiness and the pepperiness, the spiciness. It's it's the beer has so many different f- things going on, but they all come out in balance, and that's that's the end story. It's just overall impression. It just should have a nice balance between the alcohol that's there, the spiciness, the maltiness, and uh, the spritz. So. The spritz. What would you give the this? spritz? Rate this. It's time to rate the beer according to the style guidelines uh, because it is the commercial calibration. So, so I would let's say this is probably not it. the most, the freshest bottle of Cezanne Dupont that I've ever had. Sometimes, if you get a, a little bit fresher, the the lemoniness, lemoniness kind of comes out a little better. Um, you but, can tell it was stored on inside because there's like <laughs> schmutz on the bond the, mm, on the bottleneck is kind of yes, there. So I don't know why it was. There, yeah. I don't know why it was stored on inside, but. But the sample I'm tasting here is at least high 30s. It's, you know, it's not abused. Uh, they, they seem to be taking pretty good care of it here and rotating things yeah, out. But. If you know anything about the uh, date codes, it's L1848A. Let me see oh, that. I'm root not, on May I'm 4th, not. 1994. Um, oh. Pour a little yeast in mine here and just get it clouded up like just to taste the No, I'd give this a solid like 42, 43. And like you were saying, if this was something, this is the platonic ideal of Saison. And if you were at the brewery and drilled a hole in a barrel and like you know put your tongue up there and like licked it right out of that that hole, you could taste uh, fifty point beer. It'd probably be a fifty pointer. Uh, and I don't know if it's fermented in barrels or not. I'm probably uh, probably no barrels involved. But my if you got it right at the brewery at the peak of freshness, this is probably going to be a fifty. Probably. But right, yeah, for for something that came all the way to California yeah, that we're drinking on a Wednesday night, yeah, it's a little you know bitter raisiny thing, but yeah, you know, very good stuff. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up on Doctor Homebrew. Don't leave. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the Twenty First Amendment Brewery, located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. 
One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about home brewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Brian, Thank you're going to look up more factoids. Did you find anything I, on Saison DuPont? Uh, does anybody know what Ville Provision means? Um, it means uh, feeding the baby cows. Many provisions. Veal provisions. It's food for cows. Well, right? I'm pretty smart. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go with that's what that means. The bottle tells us yeah. it's a product of Belgium. Duh, we knew that. Okay. okay. So no. Unfiltered Belgian farmhouse <laughs> so ale. You didn't have any more factoids. It's bottle conditioned. Uh, Brian's reading the label now. The bottle's green. <laughs> it's a very exciting. It's a green bottle. It's a very exciting show for everybody. There's a cork in it. Well, look, if uh, we don't have anything else interesting to say about the Saison, let's put it to bed. I feel like uh, this bottle was a decent, um, you know, a decent example of it. You East Coasters probably get a better read on the Saison DuPonts than us West Coasters. But like we were saying before, it's pretty easy to find. Just do a little hunting. You you won't regret it unless you get um, a terrible bottle. Because if these beers go, they kind of go. <laughs> and it's great um, with all grilled foods. It's a great nice. with all grilled foods, everybody. But if so, you drink it, it may impair your ability to drive a car no, or operate machinery. Hey, quick, quick thing before we go, yep. uh, listeners. Uh, my homebrew club, Words of Wisdom, our uh, bottle competition for our club homebrew comp uh, deadline closes August 3rd. If you'd like to enter, please visit wordsofwisdom.org. That is words, W-O-R-T-S, of wisdom.org. It closes Check it August out. 3rd. August 3rd. This which will is be like, posted way after that. Damn it. So yeah. do you, you one or two live listeners, uh, if you want to <laughs> enter, uh, go ahead and go for it. All right. There you go. Good stuff, Brian Shar. Thank, Thank you. you, Jason Petros. You're Always plugging the homebrew clubs. You're very welcome. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in to this weird little show that we do. If you want to get your beer submitted into Dr. Homebrew, email Brian. That's B-R-I-A-N. Sort of like brain, but Spelled not. Spelled the right way. Yeah. Uh, Never trust a Y, Brian. At thebrewingnetwork.com, and he'll get you sorted out. Mm-hmm. And we'll get you on the show. It'll be a good time. Will do. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time. Eh?